So if I ever had a dog, I'm not a big dog person, more of a cat person, but if I ever had a dog, I'd be tempted to call him Anathema so that when I wanted him to sit down, I could say, Anathema, sit. Oh, it's a day for bad jokes. I'm sorry, guys. It's a, it's a gift. It's a gift. Don't be envious because I'm talented. <laughs> uh, so Anathema, sit is a phrase that appears a lot. If you ever read back through some of the ancient, uh, not super ancient, church ecumenical councils, they tended to be reacting to certain crises or misunderstandings of the faith. And anathema sit is, well, my Latin isn't great, but it's basically, it's not good to hold this, whatever that teaching was that was declared anathema sit means that you're thinking or you're believing something that's contrary to uh, the faith of the church, the belief of the church. We call it heresy. So let's say Arianism. Now, this isn't like the Aryans, the Aryan race, kind of Hitler thing. Uh, Arianism was way back in the day. Couldn't tell you the years, but it's in the first, say, like the second and third centuries, I think. And the idea was that Jesus wasn't actually divine. He was just a superhuman. It's a little bit like the Hitler Aryans, because there was a whole thing about the superhuman race. But that's where the similarity stops. Uh, so Jesus wasn't fully divine. Arius, the guy who founded it, he was just really, really focused on Jesus' humanity, which is an important thing. If Jesus didn't become human, then salvation didn't happen. And, uh, and there's loads of other repercussions for that. And we don't have hope in hell. <laughs> so it's really important that he had humanity. But if you emphasize humanity to such an extent that, as Arius did, he denied that Jesus was really divine. Well, we have a problem. We got a problem. We need to call out my doggy. Anathema. Sit. <laughs> yeah, so Arius got himself in trouble. And then he wouldn't back down which is the other thing. So it's all right to have like misunderstandings, but am I open to hearing what the church teaches? Because uh, I've always found that even when I like, oh, wow, I don't understand why you teach that. When I really open myself up in docility to Jesus teaching me through the church, after a little while, it totally makes sense. Jansenism. This is one of my favorites. It's not my favorite. It's a terrible thing. Irish people have loads of Jansenism. Oh my gosh. So what is Jansenism? It is the emphasizing of God's justice, like his glorious majesty and justice to the detriment of his, his mercy, his kindness. This was counteracted by the church, this, this heresy, which has had massive impact even to our day. In a certain sense, you could say it's the opposite of Arianism. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, God is so holy. He's so, uh, we're all in trouble. They even got to the point of saying, you really shouldn't be receiving communion because you probably didn't make a good enough confession. In fact, nobody really makes good enough confessions because we're such terrible sinners. So it was this emphasis on God is so holy. I'm such a sinner. And it's all about his justice rather than realizing his mercy is so deep that he would even utterly forgive a wretch like me and call me his son in his great kindness. Jansen, anathema sit. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. No, it's true. It's not terrible. No, this isn't a condemnation of the person, but saying that belief is a little bit off. It's a little bit off <laughs> to get you kicked out of the church. That's, a, that's pretty off. So the solution, how do we bring these things together? Perfect justice and perfect mercy. I mean, how can you be all just and all merciful at the same time? Surely if you're really just, you can't, you, right? You can't be on two places on the one spectrum at the same time, unless you're God, of course. So uh, the, the solution is paradox, an apparent contradiction, like I just said. 
You can't, how, you can't, how can you be perfectly just and perfectly merciful at the same time? And the thing is that it's only apparent. It's not an actual contradiction. So at first our brain kind of goes, uh, uh. So we look at, oh, well, God's divine. Okay, well, then he clearly can't be human. Well, really? Let's wait. Let's like look at what he actually revealed. And sure enough, he reveals you have some, some tricky statements either way. If you hold that either Jesus is all divine or that he's all human, there's certain phrases that straddle both. And to bring them together, you have to enter into this uncomfortable place called paradox, this apparent contradiction to hold these two realities as two extremes on the same spectrum. And I can't quite look at them at the same time. There's another phrase that we use in Catholicism, both and. I'm sure other Christians use it as well. Both and. As opposed to either or. Either God is just or he's merciful. Either God is loving or he's really annoyed right now. But he can't be all of them at once. That's either or. And uh, yeah, God is one. He unites these things in himself, except for sin. He has mercy for sin, mercy for the sinner, and justice for sin. But he himself isn't sin. So he doesn't unite sin itself in himself, but pretty much everything else is brought into this oneness within God. And in order for us, in our, with our rather minimal brain capacity, it's helpful to have a both and. So for example, with the justice and mercy, that God could be both perfectly just. All justice, every crime will be fully paid for, whether by Christ or by the one who did it, depending on their response to God's offer of his grace, his merciful love and forgiveness. So God has these, this capacity to relate to us both. And we will stand before God at the end of our lives and at the end of time with this, the awesomeness of God. On one hand, the hand of justice and on the other, the hand of mercy. And if we come to God in Christ, uh, surrendering our hearts to him, surrendering our lives to him, and just humbly asking for that undeserved gift of his mercy, then he will satisfy all justice in himself on the cross as he did already for you. And he will pour upon you his mercy. He is both and. He loves me, the sinner, and he hates the sin I've done. And this, that's just one application. This applies across the board. It's a really important thing. If you catch yourself in an either or thinking, you want to pause and go, hmm, does that, does that fit with the true awesomeness of God? What I truly understand of God. Is there a way to look at this in a both and way? Anyway, there you go, lads. I know that might be a bit confusing, but uh, maybe it's a bit helpful too. Anyway, God bless you. Bye-bye.